Luke chapter 24. And we're going to read a verse here, verse number 49. And uh, I'm going to encourage you to keep your Bible open there. We're going to be looking again in Luke chapter 10. And uh, our sermon series, we had started here in 23 on biblical foundations. And we're carrying this through. We're, we're, we're touching on uh, these uh, Bible doctrines and these foundational principles and teachings from the Word of God. And we've been spending some time here on the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And uh, we have talked about the promise of the Spirit and the person of the Spirit. And we had been preaching on the purpose of the Spirit. And so under that heading of the purpose of the Spirit, we had, we had spent some time on the Spirit helps us pray. And uh, so we tonight here under that uh, of the purpose of the Spirit, uh, we're going to be looking here at uh, the purpose of the Spirit is that He empowers the believer. And uh, if you're there with us in Luke chapter 24 and starting in verse number 49, Luke 24 and 49, we are going to take a look here at the Word of God. This uh, is a very... Uh, not, a, not a lengthy verse, one that you're probably very familiar with, uh, but let's take a look at this. And then, like I said, we're going to be looking at Luke here in a little bit later, so I encourage you to just keep your Bibles open there, and we'll, uh, we'll direct you where we're going to look at it, uh, here in just a little bit. Luke 24 and 49, the Bible says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. I send the promise of my Father upon you. What was the promise? It was the promise of the Holy Ghost. And he said here, he said, I want you to go and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power. From on high. Can we pray together one more time? Father, we thank you once again. Your faithfulness, your presence. Lord, the hearts of your people here tonight. We ask once again you anoint your word. My mind, my lips to preach as would bring you glory. Give us clarity to hear, to understand. May the spirit of God anoint our ears and open our hearts. Challenge us, Lord. And always, we pray, change us. We don't want to leave the same. We can't afford to do so. Oh, but Lord, I pray that you do a work that we can testify and know we've been touched and challenged by you. We thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The Spirit has come to empower, amen, to empower the believers. We find in the Word of God as to where and we've been, as we've been preaching along this series and as we've been preaching upon the Holy Ghost, we have seen as to where there are many promises as we had, uh, as we had taught and preached on that in regards to the Spirit of God, in regards to the Holy Ghost and what that promise is and, and what it entails and what are the things the Word of God speaks of in regards to 
to him and about him and what he has come to do. We have talked about the fact that uh, in, in, the, in uh, recent sermons and the fact that the Spirit helps us to pray. The Spirit we had come to find as we were reading there uh, in different places out of the Word of God, but in Romans 8 in particular as to where it is the Spirit of God that makes intercession as to where it prays the will of God for us and through us as the Spirit knows the mind of God and, and we come to find that it helps as, helps as we pray. We know that the, that the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, He is a comforter. We find that uh, we had shared and, and some for some you know this and have heard of this probably many times before, but uh, the Greek terminology there is the paraclete and simply to state one who comes along beside to help. The Word of God teaches us, Christ had said, He said that as I am in the Father, and He said He said that He's going to send the Spirit so that He said that the Spirit can be in you, amen, and working in you. And we have in, in uh, the last uh, a couple of months of 23, we have seen God faithfully as we've had some that have been newly baptized in the Holy Ghost uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We know, and it's no strange thing here at Victory Temple, we believe, we promote and practice. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit, the operation of the Spirit. We want the liberty of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In every service and for Him to be able to move and speak in every heart and in every life. And we see that there are many things that the Spirit of God has come to do. But we find here in particular where Christ had said that He would come, the promise of the Father and that He would empower you. And we're going to be looking here over the next few weeks of what, what are we in empowered to do because I think that uh, along with other things it's important that we uh, dissect it and break it down a little bit and excavate this thought for a little bit because I believe that there are some particular things uh, that as we look at the word of God that we come to find the spirit has come to empower us uh, how he has come to empower us and over what I want you to understand tonight as we look at this, we come to find, and I just want to read for the simple, uh, simple fact of clarity here, when we read and, uh, at the definition of power, I want to uh, share with you here a couple of things of what it says. Uh, power being described as the ability or capacity to act or do something, but it doesn't stop there. I believe this last word is so uh, important to understand. It says to act or to do something effectively. Effectively. I want you to catch that term effectively the spirit has come to empower us that we can live and have the ability or capacity to serve God and do so effectively often as well we find that power it deals with specific capacity faculty or an aptitude uh, something that maybe somebody has uh, a, a, a gift 
gifting for, maybe a talent for, something that is in somebody. And we find when there is the power to work in that strength, we find as well, this is something very powerful and we're going to be looking at this also. But it says, and these are just the definitions of power here. It says effectiveness, that's that word again, effectiveness at moving one's emotions or changing how one thinks. Boy, isn't that good. How our emotions are and how we think. And so we're going to be taking a look at how we have been given power. Power over Satan. Power over self. Power and, and to uh, join this together. Self and sin. Power over these. And then we're going to be looking at we have been empowered to serve. And so we're going to be uh, preaching on these here over the next uh, couple of of weeks, but as we look at this tonight, I want you to understand here a couple of things. When we talk about power over Satan, I want you to understand tonight that as we take a look at the Word of God, we come to find in many instances where the Scripture teaches us that the Spirit of God has given us power over the enemy, the enemy of our soul. I want you to understand tonight, and I want to make it very clear, and you'd say, well, Brother Jake, we know this. We know this to be a fact, or we've heard this preached all of our lives, or whatever the case might be. But I want you to understand the word enemy there, that one, amen, who is looking to destroy you, that one who is looking to kill you, the Word of God. And again, let me remind you, the Word of God lays out what Satan's plan is for our lives. Jesus said that the enemy comes, but nothing... But more but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Now I want you to understand that in this, and using the term effectively, the enemy in many rights has been effective in his purpose. He has been effective in his mandates. The Word of God tells us the enemy is aware that his time is limited. That there is a certain opportunity. There is a certain time frame and window. And so I want you to understand, all of us tonight, we know and can recognize when it seems like every spirit of hell is up against us. When it feels as if the enemy himself is breathing down our necks. When maybe there is torments, maybe in our mind and emotions, in our spirit, it is tumultuous. Maybe we come to find that there are times of great temptation, trial or tribulation. There are things that, yes, that come uh, by way of the enemy and his desire to destroy us. And as a result of this, I want you to understand that there is not exemption for any of us. From the pulpit to the back pew, my family, your family, my home and your home. And it's not, and, and, and let me just say this, and, and Victory Temple's not exempt. He wants to destroy this church just like he wants to destroy the church down the road whatever the case might be he is in the business of division he is in the business of deception he is in the business of, of trying to separate and he wants to obliterate anything that, ha that has any association with the
things of God. Anything that would stand for the things of God. I want you to understand tonight, and I know I've preached along these lines before, but I want it to be clear. I want you to understand and going into 24 with your eyes wide open, especially spiritually speaking, is that when there are things that are up against you, understand the enemy. He does not play fair. The enemy is looking to do his very best to completely cripple your faith, to bring you to a point of discouragement in so much that you can't recover from it. I, I, I was... Uh, I was here during the holiday season, and I'm sorry if this sounds carnal to anybody, but during the Christmas season, I always make a point that I'm going to take time to, even if it's late at night, and that's how it worked this year, even if it's late at night, we're going to watch It's a Wonderful Life, one of my all-time favorites. And if you've ever noticed in the beginning of that movie, when the camera goes up to the heavens, and you got the flashing uh, Uh, celestial bodies up there talking to one another and sister Laura they say oh they're they're getting Clarence involved amen to help him out to help George Bailey out and they said well what's wrong with George Bailey Clarence said is he sick and if you'll notice there was that that next response said worse said he's discouraged and that always sister Bambi that always reverberates inside of my soul the word of God said when the, when the hope is deferred the heart is made sick and we find through the realm of discouragement the realm of, of depression the realms of desperation you get somebody that's heart sick and thinks there's no hope and there's no way out and there's no rescue I'm telling you that is something difficult to, to come back from I've seen ministers deeply discouraged and willing to walk away from the call I've seen church members deeply discouraged and willing to walk away from the house of God some falling back into sins had been delivered from and things thinking that there would be a little bit of consolation there maybe a little bit of comfort Oh, but friends I want you to know tonight that no matter how fearful the enemy might seem no matter the discouragement no matter the depressive spirit that wants to get a hold no matter the division that he would like to ensue the chaos that he wants to create I want you to know the God of heaven has not left you and I empty handed he has not left us without help he has not left us without hope but I'm glad tonight Christ stood and told those disciples he said my Father's going to send you the promise and he's going to do so to empower you. I'm glad to tell you tonight in 2024 there is still power from heaven on high. There is still power of the Spirit to give us the victory in our lives. Oh, understand. I say tonight because You must be aware that to the right of you and the left of you, a smile and a handshake says some things, but there are some that in the secret places of their heart wondering how they're going to be able to overcome, wondering if they're going to pull out of the abyss of depression or discouragement, 
wondering if something's ever going to change. Eat up with bitterness. Eat up with resentment. So full of hate that it oozes out of your conversation. It oozes out of your mind. I mean, it just, you can't hardly even see straight. Oh, because all of the things that are there and going on. Friend, let me remind you. Sir, ma'am, let me be clear with you. There is a contending for your soul. Your eternal soul. There is a fight that's going on. There is warfare that is taking place. I want you to understand we're taught that the Spirit gives us power over the enemy. It is not of us or in ourselves. I want you to understand that every victory over Satan, over our flesh, over carnality, it's only going to come by the empowerment of the Spirit. I don't care how motivated you are. I don't care how stubborn you are. I don't care how many New Year's resolutions you got, how you're going to will your way to this or will your way to that. The Lord spoke by way of Zechariah and said it is not by might nor by power. Let me just emphasize this. If this was just a flesh and blood battle, then Sister T maybe there'd be some men and women big enough and able to take care of it. But this is bigger than flesh and blood. Paul said I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. You're not wrestling flesh and blood. I want to tell you tonight it is not the person on the other side of the church that is your enemy. If there's something going on in relationships, if there's something going on in the mind, if there's something going on in the house, I will assure you it is a spiritual matter. I will assure you it is a spiritual battle. Paul said it is not flesh and blood but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. They are ones that set in high places of authority in this world. I cannot do it on my own and I don't care how sanctified, saved, or spiritual you think you are in yourself. You cannot either. You can't. I was speaking with the minister two weeks ago. Brother I've known for many years and he was talking about a particular situation. He said The Lord prompted me to speak to a gentleman and warn him. Said, you need to be careful. This is this, there's there's trouble on the horizon. If you don't change, if you don't change your thought, if you don't change your behavior, if you don't get this to God and get it under the blood, let the Spirit of God help you. He's telling me through a trembling voice, he said, Brother Jake, he said, I did my best and he said my warning it caused a grievance it caused a fact where that man didn't want to be around me anymore didn't want to hear anything I had to say but the last words he said to me brother Drew he said that preacher friend of mine he said that man looked at me and he said it'll never happen to me you hear me it'll never happen to me There's a lot of folks, their testimony was, it was never going to happen to me. Their famous last words were, it was never going to happen to me. 
I'm not at all saying that we dance around the idea of, well, it's just a matter of when I fail or fall. But I am going to tell you this, is that we have to walk, the Word of God says, circumspectly. What does that mean? The old, uh, another terminology is you're there with your head on a swivel. You see what's going on around you. You recognize what's going on. You understand, Brother Ben, your weak places. You know areas where the enemy can push a button. We all have those places Oh, where the enemy wants to work overtime. And it's all, I mean, for all of us, there's all, we could spend all night just talking about those things. But I want to remind you tonight is that we have to have dependency upon the Spirit of God to overcome it. I will tell you, Brother Torbert just mentioned, he said, I'm looking for revival in 24. Yes, I'm looking for revival and I'll tell you as I'm looking for revival praying for revival living for revival then honey you better buckle up because everything that will fight revival it's going to show up it will show up at your door it will knock on your mind it will rattle your cage oh but can I tell you this is where we see the glory of God on display victory that we might overcome there are some I dare say you have battled an onslaught of different things that you almost wonder if God's trying to set you up for failure and he's not but I want to direct your attention to the fact that you recognize and notice that there is a fight on your hands so I'm going to ask you what are you going to do what decision are you going to make can I say tonight is that as we look at the things that are challenges ahead of us, currently before us, things that we don't even know yet. You see, we have become practicers, practitioners, that's the better word. We have become practitioners of trying to pray our way out of something. Pray our way around something. Or pray that we never have to go through something. Now, I'm going to be like you. I mean, I, it's in my flesh. It's in my humanity. There's things, Sister Linda, I, I pray to God. I, I really do that I hope that I, I wouldn't have to bear it. I, I really do. But, but we don't have guarantees that that's how it's going to be. And have you noticed that when we find ourselves in places where the enemy is fighting or where there are circumstances that are going on, whatever the case might be, sometimes our praying is all about how we're going to get out of it. When we ought to be praying to say, God, help me to tap into the power of the Spirit of God that I might be able to go through this thing, that I might come out of this furnace of affliction shining like gold. Oh, 
the church today. We've got a lot of wimps and we've got a lot of whiners. We've got a lot of folks that are just down in the mouth because it ain't going their way. But what would happen? I believe God is saying, Sister Linda, why in the world are we wasting time and trying to go the long way around it? He said, I've given you something. I've imparted something in you where you're able to do it. Did you know that a bison, a buffalo has a certain unique quality about them? They, they, when there is a storm that is coming on, whether it be torrential rains and wind, whether it's a severe snowstorm, do you know what a bison will do? They will rear their heads down and Sister Torbert, were there other animals? They will go and look to try to circumvent the storm, try to go around, take the long way around, exhaust themselves trying to find a way out. A buffalo will lower his head and literally will pick up speed and will run headlong into a storm because a buffalo knows that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. And he also knows that he will not expend the energy going through the storm of what it takes trying to go around it. I want to tell somebody, I'm glad I've got a Savior that showed me. He didn't try to skirt around Calvary. He didn't try to skirt around the devil. Oh, but he walked right into it like a lamb led to the slaughter. A man willing to lay down his life. I'm here to tell you, there's a power working on the inside of us that's greater than the pressure on the outside of us. And God's given you the capability to go right into that thing. I don't know about you, but I've been more exhausted trying to find every angle around something. I don't like conflict more than anybody else. But I've come to find a lot of times, Sister Amber, just good old-fashioned confrontation is needed. Sometimes conflict is just what's best. It's what the doctor ordered. Because I wasted time. Let me say this. When we will avoid conflict, when we will avoid the confrontation, the things that come against us, and you are trying to go around and circumvent or try to avoid it, I've always come to find it seems that there are more casualties as a result of those who are unwilling to engage in conflict. Well, Brother Jake, I, I've been in some conflict before, and it, it wasn't very pretty. I, I understand. I understand been in some situations where it wasn't pretty, been in some situations where folks will leave your church, been in some situations where maybe for a little while somebody's upset with you, maybe been in some situations before where there wasn't a whole lot of understanding until we got on the other side of that thing. Until we got to a place where we could see clearly what God was doing and God was speaking and how he was working. I want you to think about it. Think about when that enemy comes in. Think about when he's fighting. How oftentimes we and ourselves, this eternal alarm clock goes off and we're in a panic and we're scrambling. We're trying to get around. But the word of God says we have been endued with power. Endued with power. Am I telling somebody or giving somebody permission to jump into something stupid? No. 
Am I telling you to run, if you've got a problem with, if you've had a problem with a particular sin that you just said it before you and just run right? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, we, we, we do need to exercise wisdom. We understand this, I hope so tonight. But there are things, what I'm trying to say, that are going to come against us that you have no other choice. And too many times, the church has found itself wallowing on the ground, having a temper tantrum because we were hurt, bothered, offended, or something didn't go our way. Instead of getting up and walking in the power of the Spirit, the wisdom of God, operating with, and I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to preach on this, operating with self-control. You ain't really shouting tonight, but I'm preaching okay. I'm just going to encourage myself here. Keep ahead, Jacob. Amen, Jacob. All right. I will. I want you to notice. Let me give you some context with what I'm saying. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Verses 1 through 13. I want to, I want to start with this This particular verse here it says and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil I first want to remind the church tonight that God is not asking of us anything that he himself has not been at a place. You say that storm, that wilderness, that dry place, that desert. Brother Jake, this is the new year. You're supposed to be preaching us happy things, bigger things, better things. But you won't get bigger, better, happier until you get through some of this stuff. And until we grab a hold and understand that we have not been left alone in it. I'm going to tell you something. I, like you, I at times have looked around and found myself physically standing alone, fighting a battle. Maybe others didn't quite know what to do. Maybe at times they, they just didn't want to get their hands dirty. Maybe at times they didn't want to fool with the mess of it all. And there's been times that I and you, we have stood in certain places by ourselves. And have you noticed that oftentimes we're very quick. Well, if I, had, if I just had this, if I had that, if I had a friend, if I had this, whatever the case might be. I want to tell you something. The Word of God reminds us there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I want you to understand that some of the most significant moments of growth that have ever happened in my life when it was me and the Holy Ghost getting down to business, getting down to the brass tacks, getting to the place where Brother Tobin, I can't, nobody, God hadn't called anybody else to step into this place, but I'm here and I've got to make a decision what I'm going to do with it. When you begin to realize that the Spirit of God is more than just doodads, excitable music, a shout, a dance, or speaking in tongues, but realize that the Spirit of God has come along, Brother Tobin, to help us walk 
in and through this life to empower us to overcome the enemy. The Bible says, that, I mean, can you imagine the very first mandate of Christ after he's been baptized in water in Jordan, the Holy Ghost has descended upon him in the form of a dove. And the first thing was not going and feeding 5,000. It was not raising the dead or opening blind eyes. But his first mandate of the Father, the first act of leadership of the Holy Ghost, because, Sister Haley, the Word of God said, and he being full of the Holy Ghost... The Word of God teaches us that He was full of the Spirit without measure. Being full of the Holy Ghost, He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I want to say something right here because there are some that when you are in wilderness, when you are in temptation, when you are in a place where you're being tried, Have you noticed one of the first lies the enemy wants to permeate your mind with is that God don't love you. God's not for you. Here's another one. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, write it down. You're not in the will of God. Brother Torbert, how many... Young couples and ministers have we talked off the cliff because they were setting out in God's will. They were setting out to pursue His will. And the first time of trouble, the first sign of struggle, the first time somebody didn't like them or hated them or slandered them or or whatever the case might be, they wanted to throw their hands up and say, I must not be in the will of God because I didn't think there'd be all this trouble. And how many times have I pointed to the Scripture and said, the first mandate of ministry that Christ had was to be led into the wilderness that ain't popular preaching come on your Instagram preachers will tell you that being full of faith and power means you're walking down to the bank to deposit a fat check that you being empowered it's just you you just be a better you hallelujah Some of you get it later. I've offended some folks. Your favorite Houston preacher, I'm sorry. You just, some folks will tell you that being empowered by the Spirit means everything comes easy. I want you to understand this is more when we think about, listen, the Word of God tells us when you take a look uh, in in, uh, uh, Luke I've got it in my notes, but also in the book of Luke, here, forgive me, I'll tell you in just a minute. When Jesus sent out the 70, you remember that? He sent out the 70 evangelists, and he sent them out, and he told them to go and preach, and he gave them power, power over demons and over devils. And they came back, and they were so excited, and they said, Lord, even the spirits are subject unto us. And he told them, he said, don't rejoice in the fact that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice at your names written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, don't get me wrong. We in the church, we have seen, and like I said, we're dealing with principalities and powers. 
powers. There's real demonic spirits. There's real deprivation. And there are corridors of hell that want to show themselves. We're living in a time there's such confusion. I mean, just today I was leaving Walmart. There was a boy there, probably 300 plus pounds. He'd make a great linebacker. But he had full-blown makeup on, earrings and a woman's haircut, greeting everybody at a particular store inviter. And my heart broke because sin and, and sickness of mind and deprivation of spirit, it's in every corridor. It's in the big city and it's in the small town. Oh, it's in the backwoods and it's in the penthouse. I'm going to tell you, it's all over the place. And yes, I thank God we've been given power to tread on serpents, to drink any poisonous thing and it shall not hurt us. But some only think of spiritual power as some sort of spiritual flexing your muscle. I'll tell you when you want to tap into real power is when you still got victory and revival and you're still serving God if you lost it all. When all of hell raises its head against you, when the church abandons you, when your friends leave you and you're still serving Because truth of the matter is, without exaggeration, it's probably safe to say, 80 to 85% of the church cannot testify that they would still be standing after such things. You hear me? Well, how can you say that with confidence, Brother Jacob? Because I've seen lesser things take us out. I've seen lesser things call somebody... That seemingly overnight, and let me just tell you something, it ain't overnight. It ain't overnight, it's because there's conditions in your heart and your mind. And they just reveal themselves because you ain't got it under the blood. And you're not endued with power. Jake, that sounds harsh, it's just the truth. If you are constantly finding yourself always teetering, always falling out, always. I heard a fellow one time, he preached on Eutychus in the Bible. Eutychus was the young man that fell out of the window while Paul was preaching till midnight. I can be long-winded, but I never preach till midnight. I heard a fellow read that text, and he preached a message. He said, you're more out than you are in. That's what he preached on. An old country preacher, he, preached, he said, you're out more than you're in. He preached an hour on Eutychus. I'd never heard Eutychus preach that way, but he sure preached it. We've got a dilemma, and we've got a problem To where when every time we turn around, you are not operating in the power of the Spirit. If there's always chance to give in, buckle under pressure, throw your hands up, walk away, blame God, blame the church, blame everybody else. And God knows we've heard it all. We've heard it all. I've heard instruments be blamed. I've heard lights be blamed. I've heard preachers be blamed and choirs be blamed and carpet. You hear me? I've heard it all. You hang around ministry long enough, you'll hear some things. Folks that give you all kind of their reasons why. You know what I want to tell some folks? And I'm a little more diplomatic, but I've, I've shared my opinion with a few every now and again. When I felt spirit-led to do so. Sometimes there's a fine line between, between being anointed and mad. 
But there are several of those folks that brother Tobin over silly grievances and over silliness. I can with confidence say, you're apparently, you're not washed in the blood. And you're not full of the Holy Ghost. Now I know that's going to ruffle feathers. And I know that there's some sitting in this building and say, but I have this right, this right, this justification, this reason to be mad, to be upset, to not do anything. To feel like it's your full-time job to critique everything. God ain't called you to that. I'm going to tell you, you're wasting time if that's what you're doing. Get under the blood and get full of the Holy Ghost. Full of the Spirit. Endued with power. I can't. Brother T, I cannot do it by myself. I can't. I am 100% man. I've got faults and failures. Normally it's just one a year, but you know. I'm just seeing if you're awake. But I'll tell you right now is that I don't care when, where you was born, what church you grew up in, who's been your pastors, anything else. It comes down to this fact is that he knows, he sees my frame and he knows that I am dust. But he has put something in these vessels of clay that we can live victoriously and walk in a right relationship with God and that we can overcome the devil. You see, man, I'm doing good. I still got 10 minutes. Let me say some of this in closing. Sister Carolyn, you can come if you want. I want you to notice a couple of things. Some would argue and say, but that was Jesus. And we know Jesus, he's the son of God, so of course he had to win, he had to overcome. But I want you to notice a couple of things here. He's 100% God and yet 100% man. He was divine and human. God with us, divinity wrapped in humanity. Understanding and knowing every place of our temptations and our trials. The Bible says this. If you take a look here at verses 1 through 13, and just make you a mental note, study over these. You're going to find the three areas where sin originates from, if I can use that terminology. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Particular sins might come in different looks and practices and things of that nature, but you can always boil it down to these three categories. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Always. I want you to notice what happens here. It says this. He was being 40 days tempted of the devil. And it says, Brother Chad, that in those days he did eat nothing. He was fasting. 40 days. Let me tell you something. You get a week under your belt and you think you're going to die. I'm just telling you. I'm talking about the church of America, that we never miss a meal. We've got the menu of every Mexican restaurant memorized. Come on here. On every corner, you want something? I mean, nearly every day after school, my daughter sits in the car, and she's famished. She's going to die. She's got to eat quickly. Thank God, Taco Bell or McDonald's is right around the corner where I can 
get her a little bit of substance. I've almost lost her several weeks in a row. She's like, thanks, Dad. You're welcome, baby. But I want you to notice this. Forty days. Forty days of fasting. And we find it says, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. His flesh was talking to him. Have you ever been really hungry? I mean... Not you think. Not where you walk in the kitchen, stare in the refrigerator for 15 minutes, say. I'm talking about, have you ever been really hungry? Have you ever been without? And it says, afterward, he was hungered. His flesh was hungry. And the devil said unto him, here's the lust of the flesh. The devil said unto him, you're the son of God. Make these stones into bread. Just do it. He was appealing to the flesh. His flesh was weak. He hadn't eaten in 40 days. He was hungry. But you see, there was something going on in his spirit, Sister Anna, that was empowering him beyond his flesh. We find that Jesus answers Satan with the word of God. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of the Father. And the devil didn't say, okay, Jesus, shake hands and walk away. But he says, let's take it to another level. I know he's weak in the flesh. I can't get him to convert. I can't get him to convert those stones to bread. But I'm going to do something else. And you can read it. It says that in a moment of time, so there was supernatural forces at work that he took him up to a high mountain and in a moment of time brother Jimmy he showed Christ all the kingdoms of the world and all the power that was in them all the wealth that was in them all the things and the enemy said and here's the pride of life I'm sorry lust of the eyes because it says he showed him he looked upon it. He's seen all these things in a moment of time. And he said, I will give. He said, I have, the enemy said, I have the power to give this to whomever I want. But all I need you to do is bow down and worship me. And we find again, Christ, endued with power, rebukes the devil. And he said, I'm not going to worship. I'm paraphrasing, I know. But he said, I'm not going to worship anybody else. But my father. And here's the pride of life. He took him up to the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, you are the son of God. You are. He said, in so much, he said, throw yourself off the pinnacle of this temple. And he said, and here the enemy thinks he's sly. He said, you know the word says that the angels will come and bear you up. Unless you just dash your foot against a stone. But if you were to fall off this, the pride of life. Listen to what he did. He appealed to his person. His person. He said, you are the son of God. Prove it. Show it. Fall off this thing. And let those angels pick you up. And it will be a spectacle for everybody to see. And surely by then, everybody would believe you're the son of God. He appealed in these areas. 
But the Bible said again, Christ rebuked him. And it said, what did it say? And the devil departed from him for a season, but departed from him. I like the following verse. It says that when Jesus came into the village, he came in the fullness of the power of the Spirit. And the people were receiving him. And it says his fame spread round about the region and all glorified him. I'm going to tell you, friends, we have an example. We have an example of what it is to overcome the enemy. What's your challenge tonight? What's before you tonight? What is it? Day number three of 2024. And already you and I both know we've been tested. Already your resolve. We preach Sunday morning. Let it be known. And already there's been some things thrown in your face. What are you going to do? Do we run? Do we retreat? Do we say, well, that was great for Sunday, Brother Jake, but tonight's Wednesday. Whole other day. No, 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 no. The Spirit empowers us. He empowers us. Gives us power over Satan. Heads bowed all over this house. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. And I thank you for your truth. Lord, tonight I'm not sharing anything that is Jacob's idea. I'm not sharing anything that I think is just catchy or cute. But Lord, we have looked at the Word of God and what the Word of God says. And Lord, tonight, if we're going to live with resolve, if we are going to overcome, if we are going to have victory over Satan, Lord, then we are going to have to do so through the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. It is not by our might, not by our power, but by your Spirit. And I pray tonight You would challenge us, challenge our hearts, challenge maybe when we're weak in mind or our emotions are all over the place. Maybe tonight we're being confronted, we're being battled. Maybe tonight there's discouragement, maybe there's depression, or whatever the case might be. I pray that you would help us tonight to find in this house that place of power that we tarry until we are endued with power. Tonight, church, this is what I'm going to ask of you. In this altar call, I don't know the specifics of what it is you're confronted with. I don't know what's going on. But I will tell you this. There are some you need to plug into this altar. You need to pray and you need to tarry tonight. And you need to leave this place renewed in mind, renewed in spirit, and endued with power. To say, Lord... If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, say, Lord, refill me. If you have not been, Lord, fill me. I need the power of your Spirit to come upon me, to work through me, to lead me, to speak through me. I want to have victory over Satan. Tonight, if that's your prayer, if that's your heart, these altars are open. Why don't we come? find ourselves a place why don't you find a place to shut in with God tonight why don't you find a place come on I I know it's not January 8th but it's a good time it's a good time to go ahead and just seek the face of God it's a good time right now there's been some things knocking on your door there's been some things challenging you 
There's been some things going on in your mind. Been some heaviness in your heart. Oh, but Lord, tonight, Lord, I want to be endued with power. Holy Ghost power. Power over Satan. Oh, you've shown us. You've shown us full of your full of the spirit. Full of the word. There's authority and power over the enemy. Oh, we don't have to be subject. We don't have to yield. We don't have to give way. Oh, but compel us and charge us, oh God. I feel that I 